0: Today's episode is brought to you by Anchorfish Printing. Hey, are you thinking about starting up that band, label, or distro? Or maybe you already have one and you need some merch. Anchorfish Printing has been taking care of bands for over 15 years. I can speak from personal experience. When Touche Amore started, Michael at Anchorfish was our guy for shirts, hoodies, patches, back patches, anything uh, that you, know, you could put ink on material for, he can take care of check out their uh, Instagram over at anchorfish underscore printing right now and mention the first ever podcast and receive 10% off your order. Hit them up for shirts, hats, stickers, anything you can really think of and be on your way. This podcast is presented by DistroKid, an incredible service for musicians that helps you upload your songs to all music streaming platforms from iTunes to Spotify and Apple Music, then pays you revenue from your songs all in one place. They've got a really cool new feature called Splits that allows you to add collaborators so you can pay your co-writers and fellow musicians without needing an accountant. To get 30% off your first year's DistroKid subscription, just head to distrokid.com slash VIP slash hard times. Welcome to the first ever podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Bolm. If this is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. This is episode 87, and I am so excited to say it is with my friend, Pierce Jordan of Soul Glow. This is a uh, long time coming. We'll talk about it a little bit, I think, in here. But, um, but but yeah, I've wanted Pierce to come on the show for a really long time. But I was like, let's wait until the record is out. Let's wait until the record is out. And now it's out. And here we are. Uh, I'm so proud of this band. They are so, so good. If for whatever reason you're living under a rock and you have not heard Diaspora Problems from Soul Glow, pause the podcast, go listen to it, come back and hear this conversation it is a remarkable record that's all i can say it's a remarkable remarkable record i should add that if you are looking for it on vinyl i believe the epitaph king's road store might still have a couple copies it is sold out everywhere else they were kind enough to let my label secret voice do the vinyl a true honor Uh, before we get to the conversation, I want to remind you that there is a bonus episode with Pierce right now where he answered questions that were submitted by subscribers. And, uh, it's really good. It's a, it's a really, really good one. Uh, you can hear that over on the Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon, you can hear that you can subscribe and, uh, you can submit questions to upcoming guests. I'm booking them now. Got a lot of good ones on the horizon. And uh, there's a Discord channel, you get extra radio bonus episodes, lots of stuff is going on over there. If you want to support the show for as little as $3 a month, $7, or $10 a month, it's uh, it's the place to be. Hit up patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. Also, I want to give a shout out to Deathwish Inc. for being a sponsor of the show. For 20 years, Deathwish has been the go-to label for emerging punk and hardcore that continues today with their recent releases from scene staples and promising newcomers such as Modern Life is War, Greet Death, Chastity, Converge, Frail Body, and more. Get 10% off all Deathwish music and merch in their store using the link slash the first ever, which automatically applies the discount and filters the site for only items included. Again, that is 10% off all Deathwish releases and merch when you visit slash the first ever. All right, that's enough from me. Here's my conversation with Pierce Jordan. Pierce, God damn it, it is so nice to finally be doing this with you. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> all the attempts. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. all the time spent.
0: Yeah, yeah. for listeners, y'all don't, y'all don't know. Yeah, for listeners at home, this is uh, we've been troubleshooting. That's the nicest way of saying troubleshooting uh, for the last thirty minutes, but we've made it. It's We're mostly here. been me. It's well, I'm I'm assisting in the troubleshooting, but I also don't know that I'm giving the best advice. So, oh, I I've been
1: mean, in the trouble. That's what I'm trying to tell everybody. Like, don't y'all y'all, y'all if y'all are gonna get mad at anybody for for you know just. How for the, the the vibe? How it sounds like? Just you know, they're just like oh man, they sound so they sound so so tired and thrown off, and it's just because it's because of the computers, man. Like don't you all understand? You don't understand what we got to go through to bring this shit to y'all.
0: Exactly, but. exactly. But you know, uh, this um this is a long time coming. You know, I've been I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long time, but I wanted to wait until the record is out. I'm home from tour. The record is out. Um, it's getting so much love that is so nice to see. Like, it feels like every couple of days there's something, you know, someone else posting about it or, um, it, it's just something, something different is happening with the record that is just, it's really exciting to see. And it's been, it was nice to see that while we were on the road as well. Um, how are you feeling at this point is, are you, are you kind of taking it one day at a time? Are you overwhelmed? Are you psyched? Are you do not know how to feel?
1: D all of the above. I am taking it one day at a time because i am overwhelmed and psyched and, <laughs> and i the people around me have told me i'm taking it well which is good but it's the kind of thing where you know like ba- everything that we've done uh in solo has, at, like at the end of it has kind of felt like the end of cool runnings where they're they're carrying the bobsled with no with no tre- with no skates on the bottom. He's got to carry it across the finish line. That's what it feels like almost every time. Anytime we ever do anything, and this is really no no different. Um, so it's, I'm just like, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just I'm just I'm here, and I have my health and my good looks, and I am apparently uh, washed in the blood of Jesus, and just all I can say is just, is just thank you, like, it's, it's, it's mad weird, um, a lot of the response, just, like, you know, just, I'm not used to people really even, like, no, like, noticing what I'm doing musically, or, like, knowing who I am, or anything, um, so that's also been funny, like, me, like, I feel like, like, yeah, meeting meeting people who may already have like preconceived notions about me and then and then or, or like what i'm interested in and then we meet and it's like oh wow <laughs> he's he's just like one of us uh that's what, uh you know
0: so far what has been the most surprising like encounter or just like internet thing you've seen because i because i mean i know that i feel like we both know the answer to this is it, is it, it's gotta be is it tegan and sarah it's gotta
1: be Tegan and Sarah. I don't. I like how fuck.
0: <laughs> like holy shit. Like holy shit. So
1: there's literally only. What's so funny? Like the, the same thing happened with, with 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 when when we realized. I guess that like. like well, when we got when we got asked to to, to play the show with Mike Hem, um, right? Like I was like thinking to myself, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> and I'm like, who? Uh, would be responsible for this, and you know, there's because it's, is, I mean, for somebody like me, it's it's usually a very short list of people. I don't really like. I mean, I feel like I like I know some people. I guess I've met some people in my life, but I don't feel like I'd be like knowing hella people. So it's, uh, so it's just like, how did that happen? And it's like, oh well. You know, Gigi did that video thing with Frank. Da da da. That's probably like you know he has the internet it can't be that hard to figure out and then people tell me frank's got his ear to the ground with like this with like the streets and shit and like underground music so i'm like yeah it makes sense yeah um so with tegan and sarah like i had i went through this same deductive process and i was just like well my friend carrie bearcat uh is like has been acquainted with them for some time i think they went on tour together back when uh bearcat was uh a singer before she pivoted to being a dj superstar and i was like and because because she had told me like just about uh being on tour with them and stuff and so that was like i guess like that, that had to be it. There's no other and and like I saw they shared the song that we have together, so I was like, that has to be what it is. like that has to be it. Um,
0: but then you also said third and, face was on there.
1: right. I can't account for that. <laughs> that's the thing that had me hype. That, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yo, like you know like my again, like my deductive reasoning is just like Tegan or Sarah or one of their people who was just like, yo. let's listen to this album yeah and then they saw the song with uh or they just or they just looked into the album and like the people on it like who else is involved in this because there's one person who i know is involved in this and this is kind of out of excuse me out of the ordinary for a record to have a a dj have a vocal sample or a vocal feature so let's, let's let's look into that like this is just what i'm assuming that people think and i just gotta say you know making assumptions about what people think is not really the way to move through this world but (laughs) when you have very little information and probably none is going to come forward until some undetermined cosmically aligned date you got to just be like you know making assumptions or as other people call them inferences so I'm just inferring all these things and I'm just like you know maybe they just listened to the record and they found out about Third Face and they were like, yeah, this is hard, which I feel like that's what any person of taste would do. That's what I tried to do with you. So (laughs) Straight up. Straight
0: up. Yeah, you telling me about them is what landed them on our tour. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah, I just,
1: like, I just, the first time I saw them, I was like, yo, why is this
0: band not, like,
1: fucking huge? (laughs) Straight up, like Straight up. how is this band so talented? And right, so tight, <laughs> and like they're they're like just now playing like they're for like it had me fucked up, and I was like, how long have they
0: been a band before they the right. show? <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy. They were so fun to watch every night, like just like so dialed in. It's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah,
1: like the the first time I saw them, they were playing like they'd been a band for ten years, and I'm like. I was like, kind of scared.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's like also just like the genre mixing. It's like there's so many different things going on in that band that you're just like, right? I can't figure it out. I, but I'm I'm a bystander and I'm excited to be a bystander.
1: Like I was watching them, and I was just like, God damn! I'm glad we're, we've practiced as much as we have because I would be embarrassed to have to follow these people.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I. I and that's com- how completely- your band should
1: make people feel. <laughs>
0: yes yes and if it's not making people feel that Man, way everybody's you scared yeah. Yep. yeah
1: yep exactly Man, you make everybody scared to follow you
0: uh-huh there's a few there's been a few bands definitely throughout our time where we saw them play and we'll look at each other directly after a song or the set and say i never want to have to play after that band <laughs> ever <laughs> ever yeah i'd like to
1: think that we've had that effect on some people as well um <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't say who but some sure. people have said that they wouldn't take us on tour because of that. Uh, but I also feel like, you know, I don't know, man. Sometimes we've played we've played before bands that they weren't like as like as technically proficient or like as like musically tight <laughs> as we were. But Uh it doesn't fucking matter because we like pull it's like you're gonna go to the show and if they're headlining over you and if people just like them more than you they can literally sound like a monkey farting into a trash can like it's gonna still be like doesn't it literally doesn't matter like so there's also that you know there's it's 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 much less addition and subtraction as it is algebra but that's just that's just my personal view
0: i'm i i agree i agree uh so Fierce, this show is all about first experiences, and I'm excited to hear so much about yours. I always especially when I talk to people that I actually regularly talk to, and you're someone who, in the last couple of years is someone that I regularly talk to I'm still going to find yeah. things that i I didn't know, and that's that's <laughs> that's kind of the fun about doing this so f- i mean from the very from the very you know genesis of things uh I know you're from Maryland originally, right yes. Yes. Um, what's the county you, you've told me a hundred times, but I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I'm from Calvert County. calvert That's, that's what it is. So, that's what it is. Yeah, how, and how far 40... away is, how far away is that from like the obvious place like Baltimore? How far away is that?
1: Yeah. It's about an hour, hour South of Baltimore and about an hour south, or 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the traffic South East of DC.
0: Okay. Okay, so when so you were, like, so when you like started going to shows and things like that, were you going to DC or were you more so going to Baltimore? Well, so that's the funny thing, right? This is,
1: I, we I, we just gonna jump right into it because, like, I've been talking about this with uh, with a few people around me. Like, I was in in two thousand seven. I was fifteen, so that was around the time when I started like getting really really interested in shows that were that were more underground and like, and just happening, uh, in my state around me. However, uh, because of where I'm from and because of how, you know, I had kind of strict parents growing up that (laughs) it was like, not exactly uh, a really viable option for me ever. (laughs) so like uh i was definitely looking at shit from the outside looking at shit like like i really uh really got in like this is where i really got into like my love of watching shows on youtube because i was not allowed to go to them (laughs) like my parents were like you're not gonna drive our car whatever like, my car or your, or your other parents car to dc or baltimore to a place that you know you shouldn't be at <laughs> to hear <laughs> music that like the music is fine but <laughs> to be in a place that is also like not a place for underage people exactly to be like that's just a big uh, that's just a big no big negatory from uh, my parents pretty much all of the time you know my mom was military they just weren't really playing that shit uh, so <laughs> like, sure,
0: uh, I wasn't.
1: So to answer to answer the question, I wasn't really going to shows in either city. Really, okay. there were shows, there were DIY shows before I knew them as such happening in my town, and that's where I was. And I was going to those, just local bands from my town playing. Who you know, to us, and like in people, like we were like celebrities, but they were just literally like other high school kids, uh, and like. Sometimes those bands would attempt a tour or would sometimes play out of the county. Um And then, but uh, there's something else I want to say. But, and then I, I started, to get, I got a couple years older and every now and again, like once a season, <laughs> my parents would allow me to take one of my bands that I was playing with in, in the county a lot to play show in uh dc or baltimore so i like when i first started hearing about shit the first like two years i really wasn't able to participate aside from being like a spectator and with a lot of what i was seeing in dc was more hardcore punk and a lot of what i was hearing in baltimore was more um like hardcore and metal and it I don't wanna say it hasn't changed because like both of I feel like both of those like both of those musical traditions are based on shit that was happening before that at the time I had no idea about like at the time, like the main d i y venue in Baltimore was the charm city art space, which I know you're familiar with, yep, um, I saw. Many shows there. Once I got to be a certain age, um, but it was also always through like copping rides with my friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I saw like a lot more uh, like screamo shit in in Baltimore than I did in DC. Uh, I saw more like, I mean. It's just funny because basically, like, when I was in high school, I had I had a band that was, like, uh, was just a mix of emo and pop punk, and I was playing drums and singing. And we played shows in both Baltimore and D.C., like, once we had started to make friends with people there. So it was kind of, so it was, like, I started to learn also that it also kind of didn't really matter what you played. It was kind of more about who you knew and who was willing to book you. Um, and that how much, is, it's bit, how you know?
0: much has that changed?
1: That hasn't changed at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, but that also that also isn't really that's that doesn't really have anything to do with Baltimore or DC. Yeah, no, that just has to do like that's that's just a, a lifelong. That's a lifelong music thing. Industry yeah. tradition. Sure. That I, you know, I don't know personally. Like, I don't know. I think there are a lot of people who have to rely, for the sake of safety, on like. Only dealing with people who can be, uh, like co-signed by people around you, but like I entered into Philly, not knowing really anybody, and as a result, like not having anybody who could co-sign me to get me onto shows. I just had to like be social <laughs> and let people get to know me the old-fashioned way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I just like that that that. That really hasn't changed, but it's also like definitely affected my like my perception of things just because I still feel like I look at most stuff from a place of like admiration and it's just like, do I like your music? Do I think it's hard? And if so, I'm going to want to fuck with you regardless of what I'm playing because I, I can't tell you how many shows I've been to where I haven't understood why the bill is the way that it is. And then I just come to realize that everybody is friends, and I'm like, oh well, that's okay then. Like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Like, I, it almost feels like what it should be. But I, but you know, sometimes people don't want to make, take those same chances with people they don't know. Anyway, uh, so I experienced just like a lot of different stuff at different times in both of those cities. Uh, but aside from Charm City Art Space in Baltimore, there was also uh, the sidebar, rest in peace. There was the hive, rest in peace. <laughs> there was, uh, fuck, sonar, which wasn't, le- it was less DIY, it was more of a bar, but they did a lot of stuff there that I <laughs> wish I could have gone to. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, rest in peace. Uh, and then there's, of course, the auto bar, which is like one of my favorite places just to be in general. It's like, yeah. I, I, one uh, of, like, like one of the, First shows like I was ever really allowed to go to, was like that was like was was at Autobar, and it was to see Dillinger Escape Plan. That was fucking fun. Damn, it's um, crazy to imagine them in that room memory.
0: too. Jesus.
1: Yeah, it was violent as fuck. Yeah, it was, the, it was them. It was them. And uh you know that band, Knife the Glitter. Maybe not. It's like some low key East Coast shit. But I feel like no, like I don't know that band. band. Yeah, they're they're like some. I'm gonna find them and send them to you. It's like I don't really. It's like math rock but it, it like it's like math rock by people who do mushrooms a lot like that's like that kind of stuff like sure but, it's, but like also but it's also like heavy I was like I guess math core I sound like an idiot anyway yeah. it's I'll, I'll send it to you
0: it's, um, a, it sounds very yeah, it of was, an era for sure yeah it I, uh, was,
1: exactly that's that's really what it was, it was them and, you, and this band called Dub Trio who were literally just a white reggae band and I have not, to this day I have no idea what
0: the fuck was, was going on with the billing of that show Jesus, yeah,
1: yeah. Also, it was, it was how, strange. D- how how does
0: that how does that band have a name called Dub Trio in whatever year that was? Like that seems like that would have been taken a long time ago by other people.
1: Jesus, I, I agree with you. The year of wow. that show was probably two thousand nine. Huh. Uh wow. Yeah, I'm <laughs> and fascinated. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated. Yeah, I am fascinated i do not know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, wow, uh, but it's mad
1: funny because I was there were so many other shows I wanted to go to at that venue. Uh, like, I, like Coalesce played there once with um, Pig Destroyer and See You Next Tuesday. And I wanted to go to that shit so bad, <laughs> and my dad was just
0: like, "There's a
1: really good Redskins game on right now." That's <laughs> it's like, it's like, the, it's like the, uh,
0: I can't take you. It's like this yeah, is that, that kind would, of shit. <laughs> that would have been 2006 right because my old band was on tour and they played that tour but it was coalesce daughters and see you next tuesday and it was like a show oh it was
1: yeah daughters did play that shit as well yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. wow that was 2006
0: yeah, it was something like that because my that or also, maybe it was two thousand seven. It might have been two thousand seven. Well, no, band, I mean
1: I was definitely listening to, to Daughters when I was fourteen, fifteen. So that checks out. It also checks out why my parents weren't trying to bring me to that shit.
0: Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but they play. I, it was like I think in Pittsburgh, and my band was on tour. And we were like, we could play our show to nobody, or we could not and go see that show. So that's what we did. We were, <laughs> right. like, we're, just, we're just gonna go. We're just gonna go see that. So I remember seeing that that show, and uh, just like that was my first time ever like seeing anything like that like somewhere other than california you know so that was like mm, mm, a special experience just for that um but yeah so now
1: conversely with go ahead oh, I was just saying, conversely with dc like i went to a few shows at the rock and roll hotel which i think does still exist i'm pretty like sure odd future that, played their yeah. first east coast show there which also is insane to me yeah uh i remember like when that like when that show got booked i I had just found out about odd future and there was like some i think maybe i was like going to like go do some like college visits with my family or something like that so i wasn't able to go but i was like so pressed and honestly i was right to be pressed (laughs) but uh like yeah that that it was like they did like three shows. They did Rock and Roll Hotel, and I think they did a show at Terminal Five, and then another show somewhere. And then they also did like Jimmy Fallon that night, like one of those nights.
0: That makes sense. That and sounds that was, like Yeah, it a... was like yeah,
1: that was like the episode of like or like that was the that was like the the, the, the their like first TV performance. Um, but yeah, that it might have actually been my, my sister doing college visits, and I just couldn't be.
0: Yeah, because that that would have been probably two thousand ten.
1: Does that sound right? Yeah. Well, that's about that. Well, that would have been the year I was doing college visits.
0: Right. Right. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so aside
1: from Rock and Roll Hotel, there was the there was Black Cat, which obviously still exists. Yeah. I've literally still never set foot in the Nine Thirty Club, which is so embarrassing to me. Uh, <laughs> like there have been so many shows I've wanted
0: to go to there, and I'm just i <laughs> The history is crazy. Like, yeah. The history something. is remarkable. You, can, you no one could take away the history, but I don't know right. today could be just a little
1: different but we've already covered that
0: <laughs> um all right yo we are way off course let's get back to you and your first experiences pierce when you were growing up oh yeah, yeah yeah when you were growing up what was the first thing musically that you connected with that maybe felt like it was yours as opposed to maybe something that was being played in the house
1: system of a down hearing it on the radio me and my older sisters like I can it's like it's not even a question like it was definitely I, like I feel like I'm pretty sure that well well maybe I have an earlier one I'm saying like system of a down is like the first like conscious choice where I was like this is my music like I'm fucking with this I'm confused are they really building prisons everywhere in the country like <laughs> like I, I was fucking with it but now I'm thinking about it, like, I remember, <laughs> so before I moved to Maryland, uh, before my family moved to Maryland, I was living in, I was born in Panama, and then I lived there until I was three, and then I, I lived in Virginia for three years, moved to, moved to Maryland when I was six, right? So
0: So what I you're saying is you've, have... already, you've lied to me on the show already. I asked you if you were from <laughs> You got well, all this Well, so history. that's the thing.
1: When you you got, all when, you got when you got military family, you're not really from anywhere. Okay. You know what I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> like, well,
0: I mean, those, those say, and, the, 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 being born in Panama, like that's a that's a that's cool. You know, that's
1: Yeah, that's a whole other yeah. that's a whole other thing. We'll, we we can yeah, we can get we can get into that in a second. But I don't really have cuz you know, I was a whole Whole bean with no sentience, basically. But we'll, I, there are some things I can tell you. Okay, but so in you, terms of you music, moved, like, you
0: moved around twice as a kid, and then you landed in Maryland, and that's when you kind of had the yeah, coming of age. I like, okay, I
1: was, yeah, I was like a baby and a toddler. But yeah, I definitely came of age in Maryland. That's That's for okay. sure. I, li- I lived in Maryland from from 1999 until 2011.
0: Okay, that's significant. Okay, but I, I, I it's cool to so know, I, know that when that I say I'm were... from
1: Maryland, it's like that's the most amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really from I don't really feel like I'm from anywhere though, to be honest with you. Especially with like, you know, the whole you know, being a nigga thing and the sl- and slavery and I, I don't really have like any record of like my uh my like uh my like my like uh, my like ethnic background or anything like that. Not to get all deep or like all emotional or anything, but it's just like why it's the reasons why I don't feel like I'm from anywhere. But <laughs> but like so like I feel like Maryland is as good a place as any. It's like it's like it's like it feels like home type yeah shit. it
0: feels like it feels yeah yeah the home, the well home that you recognize. it felt like it felt like home felt i'll say like that there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: uh because at this point now like i like, especially like like i've lived in philadelphia longer than i've lived anywhere in my life but i don't feel as comfortable saying i'm from philly sure because it's people who i know who are my age now who are also into hardcore and have been and who or aren't and who have just noted philly um, who are from here were like you know I, they were born in jefferson and they grew up over on 28th and then they lived over on you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. shit like that so yeah i can't i don't really feel like i can say i'm from philly because this thing who's from philly um, yeah and like uh and my mom actually was born in philly but that's a whole whatever um, <laughs> But <laughs> but, yeah, so my earlier thing than the system of a down, all digressions aside, I think honestly, I, I i have a very early memory of being in the car with uh my cousin Gabe, who was living with my family for a time, and she would drive us to and from the Air Force base where my mom worked, uh like when we you know couldn't when when she had to work, and my mom had to watch us and uh like i am pretty sure that i like had emotional moments that i just it <laughs> sounds so silly that i kept to myself hearing tupac's changes just because like <laughs> just because like the the hook whoever the fuck is singing that hook i don't know why but at the time that shit really like i i couldn't have been older than a smooth four or five sitting in, the, <laughs> sitting in a booster seat. Talking about that's just the way it is. Like, right? like oh, that is that is just the way it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just like definitely have early memories of like being in a teal blue Toyota Caravan or, or Dodge Caravan, which was my mom's car. Yeah, and uh, and hearing that song on the radio. Trying really hard to get her to drive us to Burger King, and my sister, my older sister, sitting next to me, explaining to me what Pokemon was for the first time. So, <laughs> like that's those are some of my like my earliest memories of like music and media affecting me and like feeling like it was like mine. But when I heard, but for real, it was like when I heard Chop Suey on the radio, it was the kind of thing where it's like as soon as I heard that like the that, the guitar, yeah, the, like the acoustic guitar from I'm like turn that shit up, <laughs> everybody shut up. We bought the to headbang.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Discovered Magazine. Discovered is an international print counterculture magazine encompassing the best of music, art, skateboarding, and anything with a punk ethos. Listeners get 10% off a yearly subscription using the code FIRSTEVER, spelled out, when you visit store.dscvrd.co. Discovered is definitely the coolest magazine around. They cover so many bands that uh, other publications just don't. And uh, I love them for it. Support Discovered. You won't regret it. Uh, Pierce, what, Pierce, what was the first concert you went to?
1: Oh, my God. All right. So the first concert I went to, um, I believe, was two years later. Okay. Uh, I was in fifth grade. And... I feel like, honestly, I went. I was brought to this concert more because I had made so much noise about not having been brought to a concert the previous year because my parents deemed me not old enough and therefore unfit, and they brought my older sister, and that concert was Fleetwood Mac, and I just, like, low-key still have not forgiven them for that, but it's fine. Uh,
0: I, I want to say you've told me that before, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel like I've told you that as
0: well. Yeah, you're just um, keeping that real close to the chest
1: yeah because what's crazy is that my sister got to go to that show and then she got to go to my first concert as well that wasn't her first concert i'm just saying uh so then so the next year uh fifth grade uh because i'm pretty sure it was 2003 was prince at the mci center and that was my first concert and like yes yes it is arguably a better first it's a better first concert it's it's the it's the principle of the fucking thing (laughs) is that she got to see both i still have not seen fleetwood mac i'm about to turn 30 Fine. it's fine it's fine okay it's fine. i love my parents okay uh, they're so, good people there
0: is a silver lining though that prince is a cooler cooler flex
1: and i still have and i still have the chance to see fleetwood mac i don't have the chance to see prince anymore 1000% so there is that yes there is that but yeah that um changed my life for sure like because you got to be like for real like <laughs> okay so it was like I realized that system Over down was my favorite band, and I realized that like music could be about some really real heavy shit, even though like like my dad like my dad really fucks with the Beatles, he was definitely raising me and my sisters on the Beatles, um you know as kids. Um, but like I feel like I didn't really start like thinking about how music could be about shit for real because um, like I I because I like I, like until I really heard like system of a down like that's just really what it was like I, I and then I kind of like retroactively started to think about other artists like that my parents had shown me I'm like oh wait no they'd been showing me shit like this but um, yeah like it was the, <laughs> it was that and then seeing Prince at the MCI Center and seeing how people reacted to him seeing how I reacted to him and just how it felt to like he did he did Purple Rain as his last last encore he did like two encores that night and Purple Rain was his very very last song and that shit was like being at church that's really all I can say like it, it I have experienced that feeling since just because like some like I've been to shows where I didn't even really know the artist that well, but I could see how much everybody else was enjoying it. Where it kind of you kind of just feel like a little prickly and a little bit like emotionally touched. And like when I when I saw when I saw Prince, it was like that times a million. <laughs> like I felt like I had I I was just like, "Oh, this is what I want to do. I really really want to do this." Yeah, I really just want to and i and it was there was no thoughts of like logistics or anything like that it was just like i just i want to do this but in the same year um which was 2003 a movie called school of rock had come out and in that movie i (laughs) was just just like seeing like kids playing music kids playing rock music black kids playing rock music at a private black kids went to a private school playing rock music and being told it doesn't really matter what you fucking look like or what your background is or if you're skinny or fat like if you have talent everybody's gonna fuck with you and that's really what it is and even though the world is exactly not it's not exactly that cut and dry like i feel like seeing that movie seeing prince and see and fucking with artists like system of a down and just seeing myself in that in that music i didn't really have any real reason to think that there was any any thing that would keep me from being able to do it like nothing like no like no like social reason or thing anything about who i was like i felt like yeah i can do this like prince is doing it yeah school of rocker doing it system of downs doing it like and this is all shit that i'm interested in like i want to be a part i want to be a part of this just like i feel like any kid would so i feel like it was like those those like three years like 2003 or like 2001 to 2003 were very formative years for me, even though I was still like a whole,
0: I was even though I was younger than 10. <laughs> right. <I was> still <laughs> that's so cool though. Like that's, uh, it's funny. I think through this show I've had, I wish I could think of who else, but I, I want to, that's not the first time school of rock has been brought up as like a moment of excitement for, for a young person who's interested in music because it feels like, yeah, if it, like you're saying, like it feels like it's making things accessible And
1: yeah, all a kid needs to be told is that there's room for them. Right. And they're going to and they're going to be like,
0: okay, well, what can I do? Right. That's really it. Like (laughs) it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Truly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I wonder if they knew that going into that movie that that was going to be. I mean, it it feels like it was written in there like it's it's in the it's in the spices that make the movie for sure. But I wonder if they knew the the like cultural impact that it might have had on a younger generation, you know?
1: there there is a documentary on about like about that movie, which also honestly might just be like a little director's cut thing that came with the DVD but I saw it on YouTube and it's like maybe twenty minutes long and it's just like kind of like a behind the scenes thing about the movie and they interview the kids a lot <laughs> and like what it's like to work with Jack Black, which is really funny to hear from them in their own words yeah, as children um so but yeah like i I, I would recommend you watching this yeah I will pretty pretty compelling for
0: sure for sure so then what was your first instrument if you if you saw that you had that moment and you were like no i want to play something so like was drums the first
1: drums was what i wanted to do first like i don't really know why i just it was just well as a sexy to me i guess (laughs) no
0: for a little kid i feel like drums a lot of times kids lean into drums because they look like the most fun thing to play and also kids like being loud and obnoxious and
1: is there anything in my ex- in fun? my experience with, yeah, yeah. There's nothing more fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're 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 like in my experience with like with like working with kids with music, like it's always it's always been drums. Yeah, like this. I feel like uh, like because this is how it felt for me, like as a kid, like I could look at a guitar and a bass and just be like okay, that requires things that I don't know how to do. And I don't, like, well, I can look at a drum set and be like, I just got to hit that shit. Like, <laughs> like, I can do that. <laughs> and I feel like, like that's the process that goes through, like, most kids' minds. It's like, I can look at that, and I already know what needs to be done. I don't, like, the finesse and all that, not so much. <laughs> everything else.
0: Well, there's also the thing where I, f- I feel like if the kids want to incorporate their Um, their passions into what, into, into like school, into high school, into junior high or whatever, and not have to do Mm -hmm. like, you know, actual, actual work, work, work. So like they're thinking, okay, well in marching band, there's a drummer, you know what I'm saying? Like not, there's no guitar players in marching band as far as I know. So like, that's also (laughs) a gateway where it's like, people start just like playing the snare drum or whatever. And then that, you know, expands. I I feel like that's a path.
1: a kid, I feel like a child can recognize the importance of drums. They know a drum when they hear one. Yeah. They know a drum when they see one. <laughs> like they know what a drum does. They know the point of it. It's like it's like in your it's in your your in your soul. Like you like what a drum is, because you have a heartbeat. It's like I don't know. I feel like a child can recognize, like, everybody can recognize what the the importance and the function of a drum in in music is.
0: When did you start actually, like, playing drums? Was it for school, or was it...
1: Oh, yeah, that's what we were talking about.
0: I know, exactly. (laughs) It's so easy to get off topic. It's so easy. Especially with you. So I
1: wanted to play drums first, but you're gonna to start to recognize a theme here. Uh, my parents were like, uh. <laughs> they, "They were like, okay, so they were like, you want to have like a drum set in your room or somewhere in the house that you could just play for all of us to hear." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> and they they did they they did want to support me like you know getting interested in music, especially getting interested in music on my own because they were trying to get me to play piano. I wasn't with it. They had me, like they try to get me and my sisters to play piano. with none of us, except for like my older sister, like learned some stuff, and then she kind of eventually like let it, like let it go. So, eventually, uh like we all started playing music in like the 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 school bands and stuff like that. Like I learned how to play. uh baritone horn because <laughs> I was told that uh I would not be able to, to fit my mouth into a trumpet mouthpiece. Which I realizing now <laughs> was A not true. No. And, Completely and B, not true. What and B what the fuck? <laughs> yeah,
0: what the fuck?
1: <laughs> like I, it always it didn't it, it it took me a while to realize what had happened there but after I realized there are so many trumpet players who look just like me and have mouths just like me uh that can't be right <laughs> <No>. anyway so <laughs> so god so, damn so I started so I started learning the euphonium the bass the baritone horn uh and I played that in elementary school middle school and in high school actually um in high school like I started to get I started playing in the jazz band by that time I'd already started learning bass guitar I had been playing for like two years still hadn't started playing drums by this point um but like my parents did support me they bought like, you know, they bought me a bass for Christmas and I fucking tore that thing up I played that shit like every damn day like literally <laughs> like every, every single day like I played that thing and uh I was probably four years into playing bass um, and at this point, five years, four or five years into like my identity as a musician, that I wanted, to, like, I wanted to, uh, that I was, that's like, that was when I started playing drums. Was probably my June, my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Um, but I wanted to play drums. After that Prince concert, <laughs> and I remember before my parents really decided that they weren't going to buy me a drum set, they took me to a music store and they let me get a pair of drum sticks... that I then annoyed the living fuck out of everybody around me with. They were a pair of Black Steve Gad Pro Mark signature sticks. I remember like I, it, like like it was like they like it was yesterday. Yeah, like like I I brought those sticks with me to school. I brought them fucking everywhere, bro. And yeah, I was just like trying really hard to uh, to be a drummer. I just, I definitely already saw myself as like a rocker at that point. And I was like, like my, it was like my, like, it's like my little identity, you know, but yeah, I, like I, it was, it was a lot, it was still quite a while before, before that dream could be realized. And it wasn't realized until somebody I was friends with at the time whose parents did let, like they, he was playing drums in church and he already had a drum set and he was about to get another one and he gave me his old one. Oh, that's and nice. by this time, yes, by this time I was driving to and from school. So uh, that was the only time that my parents would let me drive their car was to go to school and to go to the grocery store for them. Um, so <laughs> after school one day, went over to his house, got all of his drums, put them in the car, like drove them back to my house and hid them in my closet. Uh, and for a good, I want to say four months, my parents did not know I had a drum set in my room. Oh, shit. And I was like teaching, <laughs> I was teaching myself how to play drums in the time when I got home from school and w- before they would get home because that was supposed to be when we were doing our homework and our chores. But really it was just the time when me and my sisters would watch TV and do fucking whatever we wanted. Uh, <laughs> and then as soon as I got home, television's off and we've been doing homework the whole time i was playing drums that whole time <laughs>
0: yep 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 That's, so Yep. the the, the pleasure <laughs> the pleasure of being uh a, a kid whose parents work all day and exactly thousand percent
1: yeah um so one what there's one day my mom came home early and i'm like going hard as fuck there's this band called 1994 Um, like, around this time, I had started to listen to a lot of, like, Philadelphia emo and, like, indie punk bands or whatever, and 94 was, like, my shit, like, Mike Kuhn, who is now Nah, that is, that was my shit, like, if y'all haven't heard 1994, you gotta hear that shit, you gotta listen to the album, thank all or you gotta listen to Fuck Your Head, you gotta listen to Thank You Arms and Fingers, like, those albums will, if you, especially if you're a young drummer who wants to, like, figure out how to make, like, unique parts... This is this is this is the shit I, I recommend. Like I would listen, I would I would set up my my practice sessions in. The, there would be easy mode, medium mode, and hard mode. And easy mode, I would listen to Doctor Dog, and I would I would learn. I would just play along to their songs. And then medium mode, I would listen to the Killers and try to play play along to their songs. And then hard mode was 1994, and I would try to play along to their songs, and. I don't, I don't know if I've ever actually, I don't remember if I've actually had the chance to tell Mike that, that like I literally learned how to play drums playing to his parts, but that was, that was what I was doing. And like one day my mom came home early and I'm playing like a 1994 song. I'm like almost naked, like, like just wearing like gym shorts. I'm like sweating, like I'm like dying, like just going so hard. And my mom, (laughs) I, I had, I would also take apart my bed and put my mattress in front of my door. So that it would help, like dampen the sound a little bit. And I remember playing hard as fuck, and I'm like, like drenched in sweat, and like I just like and play, and the mattress falls down, and the door opens, and my mom just stands there and just looks at me. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> it's like that gif from uh, America's Got Talent where it's like that singer, and then looking at Diddy, and Diddy's looking back at that singer. <laughs> it was like that, and I was just, I'm just looking at her like. Oh fuck! And it was like silent for like five seconds, <laughs> and my mom was just like, "So you were just gonna find a way to get a drum set in here, regardless, huh?" <laughs> and I was just like,
0: "Uh,"
1: <laughs> I was like, uh, "Yeah."
0: She was like, "Just
1: make sure your homework yeah. is done, and just
0: close the door." <laughs> it's the best response you could possibly get. So, so what was the first band that you did? The first band that I
1: did was called Victims of
0: Society,
1: Three Dude. Suburban Kids. Yo, uh, yo, yo,
0: yeah. yo. My very first band was called Victim of Atrocity. Oh, wow. We were so victimized. I know. We were so in, in Burbank, California, a bunch of fucking idiot <laughs> yeah. kids with nothing to worry about except like, oh, I hope my mom doesn't catch us ba- having loud band practice. Yeah, (laughs) the atrocity of making your stop. Atrocity of that, exactly. (laughs) Just, it was definitely like, what's the gnarliest word we can find in the dictionary? And we stopped at a. You know, that's as far as we went. (laughs) Atrocity. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Oh, so stupid. But I love that. Okay, I like how similar our bands were, though. So yours was victim of what? One more time
1: victim victim of victims of society oh it's so good that's what we were called yeah what's funny is that honestly like i feel like all i've really done is just apply the uh the concept behind that name to just my life in general so i don't <laughs> i like i wonder i wonder at this point uh how, how what like should i should i even be laughing at my past self because clearly i feel like there's part of me try, trying to pr- preserve my inner child sure with with what i'm doing
0: yeah so what was that bit what did that band sound like was that the emo band
1: that band no uh actually the that band was like my attempt at death metal you know it was a lot of shit like that kind of shit yeah to be honest with you i feel like during that time i was way better at low vocals like the like the death growl like that i am now i feel like Cause like during that time I wasn't smoking weed or anything at that time like I I wasn't I wasn't like my voice hadn't changed or anything which I guess really wouldn't make sense as to being able to do the death growl but I uh, I don't know I just like I remember definitely being way better and doing death growls was way easier than it is now <laughs> when I was that when I was that age and like slightly older sure but uh, yeah yeah trying to go for the death metal thing I was playing bass and doing vocals at that time uh, and we all lived in the same neighborhood and we rode the bus together and that was kind of how that was kind of how um wanting to play drums came about because like i wanted to do it like on my own you know like for myself but also there were two kids in my in my my neighborhood who were taught i could like they were they were friends with each other they like i i would like I was, like, kind of friends with them. Like, I was really, friend, I was really trying, I was, I considered one of them, like, my best friend, and the other one was just, like, the person I feel like who I was competing for his attention for, or with, uh, and I think, uh, I was just like, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn how to play bass. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get my mom to give me a bass, and then I can play, I can play with you guys, too. And they were like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, when that finally did happen we started a band and started writing songs and i actually do remember writing a song about wishing that people would judge me uh for being into rock music uh and that's kind of the only song that i well actually no we had another song about the internet uh but just about the the rise of technology and how it made me afraid but uh but yeah, that one song, which I can't really remember the title of, I remember it had this one riff that went... <speaking in Spanish> uh, and then... That's actually, that's actually kind of all I remember of that song. Yeah, sure. Um, we had some... Yeah, shut up. We had some, video- <laughs> we, had some we had some videos. <laughs> we had some videos on YouTube that our guitar player, I think... Probably like a year after we broke up, definitely he scrubbed from the internet. Uh, uh, ah, yeah. from us, like from like us playing live, but that that was that was my first ever band.
0: <laughs> so what was uh, so was that the band that you obviously played your first show with? What was the first show you ever played?
1: Yeah, that was the band I played my first show with. I remember being very very nervous the entire day. I remember having. Really fucking bad stage fright. I remember playing with my back to the crowd. I remember.
0: Sure. It was, and it was, so it was, so it was I understand. Kind of a blur. Yeah. So I understand. Were you you were singing in the band? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I okay. was, I was, I was. I wrote the lyrics. I was singing, and I was playing bass. Oh, so, so, you were, okay. so you were all okay. So you are playing bass as yeah, well I was at the same time. I was doing my Glenn Benton thing, you know, death growls while while playing bass. Okay. Shout out the okay.
0: side. You feel me? But uh, yeah. So like, <laughs> do you remember what it felt like to like record for the first time? Though was it something that you, like you enjoyed doing or? I'm pretty sure I
1: hated it off rip. I'm not gonna lie. Right? I think I was really excited when, when I first did it. Uh but like it's kind of hard to fully remember what it was like to record those songs but in the bands that I would start somewhat after where we were really experimenting with like recording and shit like like <laughs> like my my friend my friend Lee and a band that we had uh she had got she got a reel-to-reel machine at a uh at a at a yard sale and <laughs> had, like taught herself how to use that and how to record with that and that was a trip it <laughs> like, awesome. like off... it was it was really cool and really fun especially since i was playing drums in that band i didn't have to like worry about singing but like i do know for sure that i really fucking hate recording vocals uh and of course, what did I? What do I do now? I'm doing features and shit, so I'm doing it more than ever. But, yeah, <laughs> like I just like you know, I've we've talked about like like the headaches that that we get sometimes from from sure. for so long and all the straining and like that shit really like really just deads the whole enjoyment <laughs> of, of 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 recording music. And honestly, like it's been so long since I've been in a band where I was recorded where I was recording like an instrument that i don't even really fucking remember what it was like what it's like so <laughs> i yeah uh, like i yeah i i that was the that band was the first time i recorded music though but i just don't really remember like what the experience was like and how it felt for me but
0: sure just, i mean yeah I'm so I'm much really time a fan of it now yeah so much time has passed i'm sure um what about <laughs> what about touring was so Glo so- wasn't the first band that you toured with right
1: um, To be honest with you, Solo is the first band that I, like, what I would consider real touring is, sure. is the first band I've done that with. Um, I've actually, my, the first out-of-state show I played was actually in Philadelphia, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, it was with Prawn? Oh, Prawn, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was with prawn. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember who. Marathon girl. This band from somewhere in Pennsylvania. They played as well. Yeah. It was with I remember prawn played ah oh, yes because I remember this okay I'm sorry the this was the first out of state show I played um, and like I said I was, a, I was a senior in high school my parents like I could have there were times where I tried to like go on weekend tours and <laughs> like I would be like yo all I gotta do I can book this shit and by the time I have this shit booked I'll talk to my parents about it it'll be <laughs> whole shit gets booked I talk to my parents they're like the fuck you're not gonna take our car like, what, are you high no. <laughs> and so I have to cancel all of these shows that I just <laughs> like that definitely happened once and I was definitely really blo- really blown uh, but yeah, I think really like the first out-of-state show I played actually was in Philly now that I'm thinking about it um, because I was going, that was the same. It was around the same time that I was going to look at schools and my dad and I were going to go up to look at Temple and I was like, I am going to use this time effectively uh, <laughs> and I'm going to play a show while I'm here. Yeah. My dad can't fucking disagree with me wanting to do that because he'll fucking be there. Yeah. <laughs> and like so that's what we did and then a few months later the show that i thought was my first show but then i forgot about this philadelphia show was um in new brunswick uh with with that same that same band which was called josh labotnik
0: okay um Uh, was the so when you said it was like soul glow was like the first band that ever did like you know like real touring was that the tour that was because i think i want to say the first time i caught wind of your band was when you were maybe did did you do like a short run with like gloss and gouge away um
1: we did a run we did a few shows we did like a weekend tour with gouge away um jesus this was probably in 20 in the winter of 2016 sure we played a show at abc no rio and cloud rat also played and that was fucking sick yeah uh and i think we did like a show in philly and maybe a show in jersey or something like that and but with gloss we only played with them one time and that was when they uh played in philadelphia
0: oh okay at spot
1: called lava space
0: okay then i'm, I'm mixing things up then because me because i maybe Gauja Wade did a bunch of shows with with gloss on the east think, coast
1: yeah i think they might have done some
0: shows okay gloss, and for yeah. some reason i thought soul glow was involved in that too so um yeah. what the was show the show
1: we played the show we played with gloss was us and the here's collective and them okay at uh yeah at the spot called lava space that i am not sure if it's still open
0: yeah because
1: it's 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 very diy and they do i mean actually now that i think about it i'm pretty sure they are open i'm pretty sure my roommate just played there hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll i'll figure it out but anyway yeah that, that's where that show was it's, a Got cool spot. It. It's, in, it's in west philly they do a lot of stuff a lot of very very like like a lot of motherfuckers be talking about community but they be doing shit that's like actually community
0: shit. sure sure anyway. Um. What? How many bands were you in uh, before Soul Glow? Once you moved to Philly,
1: before Soul Glow, once I moved to Philly, let's see, let's count. I had Smoother, aka the Smooth Guys. I had <laughs> Cool Points. I had Body Party. I had.
0: What is? <sighs> let me ask you this: What is the reason behind so many bands? Uh, and then also, like, is it a thing where you feel like you've accomplished enough to where you're like, oh, yeah, we recorded, we played some shows, now I want to do something else? Or do they all kind of end for one reason or another?
1: They all ended for one reason or another. Yeah. Every band that I start, I personally feel like could be the biggest band in the world. Like, I know that's, like, obnoxious to say, but, like, yeah. I look at, like, I, I, I don't, I look at everything like we have endless potential to grow. Even if we eventually just find a lane and a niche to be in, we can still just ride that shit and honestly what really sucks for like for with my personal experience of playing music is that i've gotten to a point with a number of bands where it felt like we were just starting to hit our groove and that's when we break up
0: yeah yeah
1: it's tough Glow is a band that has hit its groove and that groove is so powerful that the things that life has taken away from us, <laughs> we have existed despite it, and the groove continues. <laughs> and that has never happened to me in music before.
0: Sure. Yeah. 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 Um. So the first Soul Glow release is like a cassette. That well, the first two releases were cassettes, correct? Well, technically, our
1: first release was our demo, and that was just released di- digitally. Um, okay. And then our first... But, like, our first physical cl- release was a cassette, yeah, on our friend Steph's label, uh, Girls Cartels. Girls Cartels, Cartel. yeah. Our, yeah, and our friend Steph is no longer with us. And what's, what, what really kills me is that, you know, Jeremy, like, Steph was a really huge fan of yours and of Touche's, and it would really fuck her up endlessly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to To like to know that this is the outcome but it's also like it's like a lot of shit that makes me feel like some some form of god is is real because it's like it's like oh it's like weirdly poetic
0: you know what i mean sure like, no. it's,
1: it's yeah
0: i can com- i completely agree um so then you did get to though have something on vinyl because then you ended up putting out the songs from those cassettes on a 12 inch right then that's the first release that you did with uh sra yeah okay got it and how yeah. i mean was that yeah. like the most exciting thing getting the getting that vinyl for the first time
1: <laughs> so what's mad funny is that it was outside of the gloss show that that was brought up to us and uh our, our friend bj was like look like i know this might be exciting but trust me like just just cool it because you will not believe how long this takes.
0: Uh, <laughs> and I feel like I feel, and like, I'm sure I feel compared, really like dude, compared to now, I'm sure it was like, yeah. oh man, this is gonna take this is gonna take six months. Sorry everybody. Yeah. Now it's a year yeah. and fucking some change. <laughs> a year if you're lucky, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like,
1: Damn. Yeah. So that shit was yeah, that shit was funny to me. But it I feel like it also taught me about just in general how how emotionally how you need to plan things and like and how you need to how how you need to perceive time when you're an artist like it's like oh yeah and like this will like you have to you have to you have to be ready to look into the future even though the future is a completely unstable anomalous thing it's like you have to be like yeah so i have this record that i'm that i'm writing now and then in, like, nine months, we'll start recording it. And then, like, another nine months after that, uh, <coughs> we'll, we'll be getting, like, test presses and stuff. And then, like, another like, six months after that, uh, <laughs> it'll be out. And maybe the Vine will be out at the same time. Probably not, because there's a pandemic. But, you know, I could have known that in uh, 2015, 20, 20, uh, 16,
0: 15. God, man. Um, the things, the things, but... I I mean, things I wish we knew. Things I wish we knew to plan for. <sighs> I, look, I will, to be honest with you, I don't know if I want. I,
1: I, I wouldn't want to tell my past self some of these things. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, also true. Yeah, that's it's gonna fuck true. the vibe up. Like, yeah, <laughs> just just enjoy yourself. Yeah, that's true. There that's... are certain things where I'd be like, yo, you need to break up with her now. But like, <laughs> but I would be otherwise. I would just be like, yo, I wouldn't want to. It's gonna fuck the vibe up. <laughs> be like, look, there's so much shit. Yeah. Yo, so, like probably our future selves could be looking at us right now and be like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yo, are talking about fucking the vibe," <laughs> exactly. Uh, yo, something that I just had my mind blown. I was wait, I was waiting for the right time to bring this up. Um, so I was like, you know, clicking around on like discogs, looking at everyone in the bands, other bands, and, and things like that. Yo, Gigi was in know, a band that, that was on. What's... Gigi was in a band that was on Equal yes! Vision. <laughs> yes!
1: What the Look, fuck? I, can't, I shouldn't laugh. I should laugh at that because like that was definitely low key traumatic for Gigi. But that is true, and you gotta just ask him about that. You gotta have Gigi come on here one day because so, he'll he's got Gigi, Gigi has had some experiences. That's I'm
0: just fun. like, wait. So Gigi was in a band that was on Equal Vision, and also I don't know if you we how did Gigi and I never talk about this, but Brad Wood mixed that record, which is I don't
1: know who that is, but so Brad, sounds, sounds so like,
0: Brad Wood did. Uh, is survived by in stage four. Oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like, that's so fucking. Like funny. how the fuck did we never talk about this? Like how? Well, did, like you know, G- G's kind of a quiet guy. You, know? you don't say. But <laughs> i just, I, I, my, my brain was like falling out of my head because like I was like, I was like, okay, so what other bands? What other bands were Gigi was Gigi in? And I was like, all right, so okay, wait, what is this? And then I looked at that, and I was like, wait, wait, hold on. So, yeah, that was bank, it was called Gatherers or whatever. So, yep. yeah, the record Quiet World or whatever. I was like looking at the credits and I was like, OK, what, what the fuck? So is was Gigi because I saw that band's based out of uh, Jersey. Was that is Gigi from Jersey?
1: Yeah, dude, Gigi's from Jersey as fuck. Oh, the funniest okay. thing, one of the funniest things Gigi has ever said to me, which is on a long list of things, was, <laughs> is just he's like, I am from Jersey, and I'm like, okay, word. I was like, where are you from in Jersey? He was like, no, no, dude, I am from, I live on Jersey Ave in Jersey City in New Jersey. That's yeah. where I grew up.
0: <laughs> the most Jersey shit of all time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I'm like, damn, you really are from Jersey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> incredible! It's incredible. So yeah, I I need to I, I have a long conversation I need to have with Gigi where I'm just gonna be like, did you like wh- what? Like I wonder how much he was maybe even even like communicating with Bradwood or if maybe someone else in the band was like handling having to deal with mixing or something. But either way, I'm fascinated. Um, he's
1: a, he's a man of uh, many mysteries, and I gotta tell you, like I feel like there's certain things about his experience being in that band that I don't even know. Sure, but. Like just from from the things that he's told me, it was a it was a whirlwind.
0: Okay, <laughs>
1: That's, that, and I'll I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to him about it. Um, so was all the all the recordings that Soul Glow had done up until uh songs to eat the sun. Um, had you recorded those with other people, but songs was the first yes. thing that you all tracked yourself, right? Yes. Okay.
1: So. So we recorded our first album at a at a studio in West Philly called the Sex Dungeon and it's these excuse me these two guys Dan excuse me good Lord Dan Angel and James Riskolchck working with them was really really fun and funny because it's like it was like having two producers or like having one producer who was split into two people okay. And like, and it was just like it was also kind. Of, it also kind of felt like like it was like Steely Dan, like the two names from Steely Dan recording your album. <laughs> They're just like going back and forth, undoing each other's things, and, oh no. and like arguing about about certain things, and but then also agreeing about certain things, and just but like not really talking about it. It was so strange, but I really it was really it, it was enjoying enjoyable for me because at the time I didn't have like the highest level of emotional investment in like how things sounded and how th- like I was just still like really in, like happy to be there mode and I was just like this is fun and funny and I don't feel any pressure to make like a crazy amazing record although I did feel like the record was cool and like I had like some ideas for it that I was really proud of but it was also just like
0: it was I don't know I just
1: feel like that record it didn't feel like it was high stakes or anything Right, and which is a beautiful.
0: Just, I mean, that's a beautiful thing in general. Just when a band yeah. starts, you don't. You're not thinking about who's actually going to hear the record. You're making it for yourself only.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been smart enough to to do things in a way where nobody can have any actual expectations from us. But like, at that point, like there, nobody had any expectations from us because nobody knew or cared who we were, and so I was just like, they're so. It just felt like there, like there was. It was just a completely blank slate. There was so much that we could do if we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, And so yeah, there was just like there was just like a lot of experimentation going on. And I wanted to work with them specifically because they recorded Pile's album Dripping.
0: Oh right, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that is not a hardcore record at all. Mm -mm. But the guitars on that record sound fucking sick, and that was what I cared about. Yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) So I was like, (laughs) like, let's record with these dudes. Yeah. And. Like the rest of the band was like all right cool um so we did and we made a record that I, <laughs> that I really can't explain <laughs> sure um but you know it's, it just it was well
0: yeah as you know, I was gonna say but I feel like it it set a precedent you know what I'm saying like it yeah. it uh it it got out to more people you know like the fact that it was it was like a standalone it wasn't like a collection it was like an LP you know. And, uh, Yeah. that's, I mean, certainly we that's the first like, thing that
1: I heard. We were just like, okay, I'm going to be real with you. Like we have a demo out. And then after the demo came out, we wrote like so many songs so quickly that I was just, that we were kind of just like, like, let's just put out a fucking album. Like fucking, because like a lot of people are like, okay, demo, EP, album. bro, yep. like, fuck that. Like, let's just, let's just, let's just come out swinging. You feel me? Like, like, and that's kind of what, what I've been really interested in doing is not just like what your songs are saying but also with the how they exist and what that communicates right and like the year before spirit of the beehive had came out of like nowhere with a full fucking record and i and it fucked everybody up like oh, in philly i guess and whoever heard it at the time but like it fucked people up it fucked me up and i was like this is hard as fuck like how y'all just gonna come out of nowhere with an album and it's credits this, yeah. Like, <laughs> like Spirit's first album is still so far ahead of where a lot of bands are trying to get to now. It's like, <laughs> I, like I, I really admired that band, during, like, like during that time and and all throughout since I've heard them. But like, I was like, like I was like that shit's fucked up. And like, I was like, we should do something like that because we have all these songs. Like, and like that is hard, it's a hard move to come out with a fucking album. So that's what we that's what we was trying to do with that
0: yeah I love it. i I think that's I think that's such a cool move. I feel like people need, are so excited that they just want to get their music out, and I respect it, and I get it and we we've all been there um so they don't think about putting together an entire record. But one of the things that I think I admire of the million things that I admire most about your band, one of the things I admire a lot is that, especially with um the l p that is out now, the new the new record, I mean leading up to it. The amount of times you told me like, oh, there's a vision for this or like, oh, like we are like there's this is specific plan for specifically this record. And like, you you know, I know how your brain works where it's like you've you've already <laughs> yeah. thought about the next records and the next records and things like that. Um, but I, I appreciated that it was it had to be one way and it had to be this way and it had to be this one record and all these songs had to be a part of this one record. And there it felt like there was very little room for for adjustments or wiggle room. And I just—it I, was one of those things I just really appreciated from like up from afar. Being like, I like that um, you you've th- you've thought that far ahead about things.
1: I appreciate you saying that because honestly, I'm really scared of being like that in general, especially with music, which I consider to be like the manifestation of some of my closest relationships. So I definitely don't want to like treat people like that and be uncompromising. Uh, and and like in stuff with the band, like. I I try to like force myself to allow certain things or to leave certain things open so that it gives other people like a ro- like room to step in because a lot of times especially in this band like there well there will be times where people will 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 there are a lot of times where just because of how already I've, I've been f- functioning in the band. Like people expect me to have an opinion on things, but a lot of times I've like, I'm I'll, I'll be purposefully saying nothing because I'm trying to make sure I'm not just steamrolling everybody. It, Cause I have, I have had a tendency to do that and I don't want to treat people like that. But like, I feel like, uh yeah, just like, there are certain things still, though, that I'm like, I just feel like it would be really good if it was this way.
0: <laughs> right. And I think that, so it's, that
1: it's a hard line to toe. You know,
0: <laughs> it is. And it is. I mean, it is. You're 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 certainly right. It is a hard line to toe. But um, when you have that feeling inside of you to you were like you, it's hard. I, I get it. Like, I, you know, I, I certainly can relate to that when I have something in mind where I'm like, I fucking know this is right. Like, you can't tell right, me otherwise. Right, right. Like, And
1: there well, were things about this record that I went to bat for. Yeah. That I, not to bat, I went to the bat for, like, I yeah. was like, I, I actually i am not going to let this go. And, like, I'm going to hear y'all's all ideas, but I'm going to, but we're going, but we're going to sit down together and compare them. And I want you to tell me why your idea is better after, right. we, after we've compared them, if that's how you really feel. Because I'm going to be prepared to do the same thing. Right, my idea. So, I mean, our experience with uh, that—scary.
0: There was a few moments with that, like that, with uh, when we did the last record with Ross, where like he would be pushing an idea, and I would disagree with it, and it didn't happen too many times, but I would disagree with it, and he was cool, where he was like, you know, he was like, okay, but like, sell me on it. Tell me why your idea right. is better kind of a thing. <laughs> and then I, you know, I would, I would, I would explain it. And then he would like, look me dead in the eyes and be like, all good. Let's move on. Like point taken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: I just, I just want to hear what you yeah. think and why. And I want to feel your conviction.
0: I mean, there of the, people are like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's passion, you know what I'm saying? Like there, I yeah. think that there's a big difference between ego and passion. And, and you know, like yeah. if you, if you're just like, no, nah, I think I'm right. Cause I like just how it sounds that's like kind of a boring way to sell your point. But if you can explain, definitely if you can explain like, this is why it's going to work and this is how it can have an impactful moment. And like, this is how it, why it feels this way to me. I think that, um, it's hard to argue that, you know?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. You just have to be open to like somebody else's ideas also being like that more than yours, which I don't know. I like to
0: think that I'm like that. I I could, I could see that you are, I, I can definitely see that you are. Um, told me I'm good. You're so good. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the record, I mean, the fact that, I mean, for just this will be kind of a fun thing for listeners to know. Um, so we were going back and forth about trying to figure out who was going to record your record and whatever. We don't have to get into who specifically, but like we are going back and forth into that. And then there was radio silence from your band, from me, from like, not for any reason, but I was just like, I'm going to give them space. They're dealing with some stuff. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And then then you were posting photos of, yours, of of the band recording, and I was like, oh, shit, they're doing it. Cool, cool. And then I was like, that doesn't look like the studio that I was expecting it to look like. And then I was like, what's <laughs> going on? And you're like, oh, yeah, we're just doing it ourselves. It's <laughs> like Yeah.
1: oh, no. oh
0: <laughs> okay. So that took me yeah, by surprise, it's... and but what I was going to ask you was now, you know, looking back, hindsight, and everything like that. Are you still stoked that that's the direction you went? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the giggle first. Uh, oh, Jerry, you know what you do and ask this question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. When, when people were talking to us about having a producer, yeah, I was conflicted because I didn't feel like there was anybody who could exactly explain to me what a producer did. And some of the things that I heard, I was like, cool, I think that would help. And other things that I heard, I was like, I don't fucking want that to happen at all. Uh, so I feel like I was very conflicted and apprehensive about working with another person. And I didn't, but I also just didn't want to be arrogant because there's so many people around the world who know more about music than me. So I can't just sit here and act like I can't be told shit, even though it is my own shit, even though like I did have so many ideas that made this shit what it is. Like, it, it I, I just like... There, any operation could I think, can benefit from somebody who is not connected to it emotionally. Yeah, but I thought there is still a level of commitment that you got, that you got to like be ready to sign yourself up for, that you got to be ready to hold yourself to once you've signed up for it, and that was kind of not what happened. <laughs> with with our situation and there was just a lot of uh a lot of back and forth with the scheduling and it just didn't end up working out uh and we really ended up recording the album out of like ourselves out of necessity more so out of choice but that's only because of our previous ideas of what we thought the album was supposed to be our previous ideas you know just what the label wanted from us and if that even mattered um and honestly i felt like i I feel like we were on track to make the wrong decision and Hmm. honestly it was it was put right by us by circumstance the universe god whatever you want to call it like but i feel like we were supposed to do it ourselves and to be honest with you i like there was a time in the when we were writing the album where I was just like, why wouldn't we record it ourselves? We have all of the ability to. We have most of the equipment, everything else we can borrow. Like why the fuck not? We've been making good sounding records, like why the fuck not? But again, I didn't want to be arrogant. I'm at the point now where I'm like, no, fuck that. We can make our own records and everybody should.
0: But Do you, you know. Let me ask you this. Was it hard for the band was it hard for the band to know when it was done? Because there was a point, I remember when I was checking in, where I was like, you know, how's things going, how's things going? And I remember it was like, yeah, we're almost done. We're waiting on like a flute part. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah,
1: that flute part didn't make it in, by the way. Oh, sad fuck. I, wanted, I wanted I wanted, it in there.
0: But yeah, it, was, fine, it was a point of conversation several times with you, and I we was like, yeah, we're just waiting to get this flute part tracked. But... You know, but you it's get like what I'm saying. No
1: Clarinet for one song.
0: Okay. But you get what I'm saying, what I'm asking though, right? Where it's like, yeah. when you're doing <laughs> yes. something, when you're doing something yourself, it sometimes is hard to know when it's done because there's always an option to just sit back down at the table and pull it up and be like, well, let's just add this. Or like, maybe let me chew that again or, or that kind of thing. Did you go through that or did you all kind of collectively know when it was done?
1: I don't think I went through that. I think Gigi went through that.
0: <laughs> um, sure,
1: because there was Gigi
0: had to listen to it a lot more than me. Uh, and, and for those that are listening, Gigi, uh, we can would would you feel comfortable saying he's engineer mostly engineer producer on this? Yeah, or, yeah, him
1: and Evan Bernard, like okay. absolutely, sure. But like, I would say that like all of the. All right. Fuck that shit. I'm sorry, I was trying to pick up something while also being not too far from the microphone, but I couldn't do it. Um I think that I will I would I would I feel like Gigi like like no one would be insulted if I said that Gigi like oversaw the entire production.
0: Right, of and, course.
1: And it was like I mean, like his was the last word basically yeah. on that. Um So I also, just feel like, yeah. Um, uh, what was that, What was other thing? we were
0: talking about. <laughs> well, the question was like when you when you thought when you all oh, collectively no, it knew done. it was done. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like he had to go through that
1: more than me. I feel like there were a lot of times where I wanted it to be done. Right. <laughs> and, and I knew it. I knew it wasn't, but I was so goddamn tired. <laughs> yeah uh, i think there was definitely a lot of that for me personally and there was a lot of uh me like for like for me personally just like being like i like i don't have any more vocals to contribute and we're just adding instruments and i don't really know what, how long that's going to take
0: <laughs> right because there's because no real... there's also the thing where uh i'm sure a lot of people know but will yip mixed it and it's like it's like yeah it's like you have to hand the record off to then will for for will to then start his process which and who who knows how long that's gonna take so it's like it's just like that
1: that and he does it completely
0: alone right right exactly so then you're waiting yeah you're waiting for the you're waiting for the mixes and then you've got to send notes and then you wait for that it's like it's a whole process so it's like yeah there's that there's that extra amount of time that is sort of a big question mark with how long that's even going to take and then i'm sure you're also dealing with the label being like um we, we getting yeah. close
1: that was the whole shebang that was yeah <laughs> you summed it up pretty you summed it up pretty succinctly that was pretty much what it was and it was a whole lot of me being like I don't know. I don't
0: know yeah because do. I, I was on the sideline annoying everybody being like up with that art what's going on there because uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of stuff that's got to get cooking. Um, so, but,
1: many, so many pieces.
0: Yeah. But uh, do you feel like going forward now that you've had this experience um, with, you know, a label like Epitaph and everything like that? Like you kind of are set up to like, you know, be prepared next next time.
1: Oh, definitely. I yeah. mean, I don't know. We haven't talked at all about. <laughs> like the next record
0: Don't, don't, uh, don't fucking talk about it No, it's way too early Don't, do not yeah, that's even what, put that's that, what in they that. Say,
1: That's what they say, man. I've been thinking I was thinking about the next record while we were recording this Well one. of course
0: you were, as I, as I was saying <laughs> but, earlier But, but I'm just saying Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not asking you that Question in, in like a uh, In like a Cause you need to do it, it was more like, you know Do yeah. you, Do you feel yeah. like it was a good learning experience For you?
1: Oh, definitely, I definitely do but I, but I also could say, like, I do feel like, personally, like, I would I would want to record our next shit ourselves. I, I enjoyed that process. I feel like that process is also going to maybe be integral to who we are, unless we're making a, a record with, like, somebody weird like LeBron James or Rick Rubin. Then I would fucking, like, <laughs> have a producer or something. But, like, aside from that, <laughs> like, aside from LeBron that, like, I feel like... Yeah, he like uh, he like he, he uh, I think executive produced a uh, Two chains album. Holy fuck, I didn't realize that. That's I don't incre- think he made the beats. I think yeah, he was no. probably just in the studio and was, ta- and was saying that shit sounded good. But yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like that's cool. I want
1: Lebron. I want Lebron making beats though. I'm gonna put yeah. his ass to work sure <laughs> he won't sure. how to be an engineer because <laughs> he's, he's gonna have to retire soon so you're gonna have to find something else to do i'm like yo yeah. come on get into music you already you already have you already have a production credit you trying to get this grammy you trying to you try like what well, you got you have like a fucking nba you have nba titles you got rings and shit come on, come let's, on let's get let's get this grammy yeah We're gonna talk
0: about black excellence <laughs> right open up a music school that's awesome! Oh man, uh, Pierce, I feel like we could probably just do this all day. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just hit you with the last question, sure. which is, uh, and I'm, and I'm excited to hear this answer. Do you, uh, do you feel like you even have? Do you, when was the first time you felt like you were doing the thing you'd been working so hard towards?
1: Oh, well, the first time. Because I feel like that now. Because uh, right don't work in a restaurant anymore. So I guess I have to have felt like that at some point. When did I feel like that? The first time, when did I feel like that? I feel like I could give a really corny answer. Love it. I love corny answers. And that answer would be like when... When I stopped working at a restaurant, and it wasn't to do music full time, it was just to do another job that gave me uh, way more freedom in life to do music, and I didn't have to get up early in the morning anymore. So, like, that's the I feel like that's the 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 first answer because I was like, oh wait, I have a, I can make enough money to like still pay my shit off and live, and like I'm struggling or whatever, but I'm still alive. You feel me? Like I'm not struggling any worse than anybody else around me. Um, so it could be that. Uh, it could be when I met Tim Kinsella, we played with Joan of Arc to like eight people at a college, at Oberlin college. And I was like, yo, we just played with Joan of Arc to like eight people at Oberlin college. (laughs) This is fucking sick. And I'm like, I'm like having the time of my life. Uh, it could be. (sighs) It could have been the first time somebody got me into a show for free because they were like, oh, you're you're good. Like, we're friends. Like, (laughs) I could have, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's so many uh, different times. Uh, Just like, which one of them happened first? Because, you know, my memory is soup. Uh, (laughs) 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 What is the first, like, I mean, it's it's, just like, I don't know there's a lot of there's like a lot of moments but I guess like the thing that I can speak more effectively to is what those moments mean I feel like there's been times at shows where like, like we just play a set and everyone just stares at us sometimes people seem like they're too afraid to clap and I realize that like people are afraid of me or my band, the people in my band. Or like and I realize that like once I start talking to them, the defenses get broken down. Once people hear me talk, the defenses get broken down. Versus when you see them come up because they've only heard you speak on the phone and then they see you in real life, and they're like, oh my god. <laughs> like that's happened to me. And so it's like when I when I feel like I've changed somebody's mind, maybe that's what that's like. Hmm. maybe that's my but like I feel like my my uh my def like my definition of what I'm supposed to be doing has been constantly changing also and like I think off the rip with this band I felt like I was making the work that I've always wanted to make and especially once Gigi got into the band it felt very very free and it felt like we were like doing a lot of shit musically. Like it felt free musically in a way that I've always searched for with being able to do like improvisation with not having to like commit to a standard, like a specific set list every night, being able to play, being in a different time zone to play music, being in a different country to play music. (sighs) Like it always feels different. And like we went like most recently we went to California to play a couple shows and we played a show with with like a hardcore band that is more on the hardcore side than the hardcore punk side, you know? And you know, I told I told Dude Good Set afterward. And, you know, we we he was like, Oh, thanks. And we started chatting a little bit later at at a bar that like people were hanging out at. And he was like you know to be honest with you man like I was kind of surprised when you said good set And I was like why And he was just like well you know I didn't really think that you Like fucked with shit like this And I was like Why (laughs) Like Um. But Also like Soul Glow doesn't play a lot of shows Where it's like A lot of bands that sound just Like that Mm -hmm. But I don't know how many shows we've played where every band sounds like, I don't know, I guess the opposite of whatever hardcore is, which I guess is what people have in their minds about us. I don't know what people have in their minds about us, though. And I guess, like, it'll, I feel like I'll be, I feel like it'll feel like another first time of me, like, doing what I'm meant to be doing when I feel like, Music isn't like that anymore, hmm. and 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 I'll feel like I was, and I feel like it will feel like a first time of me doing what I'm supposed to be doing, if I feel like I had a hand in it, because to me that's bigger than any of the songs or the band or anything. But I do feel like there's like definitely like a lot of divisions, and I feel like everybody does. I feel like they're not hard to see, even though everybody is simultaneously secretly enjoying each other's music. But pretending that they only listen to one thing for what reason, I really don't know. It's like it's almost cooler to, to not be multifaceted, which I just don't understand. And I think that like you know, if people were to like feel a little less like that, like they needed to have a singular identity above all that they're loyal to, which loyal to an identity, what even is that? Especially if identity has the room to change, like it makes no sense. Like, I feel like if music, if, if music felt like, felt a little bit less like that, and like, don't get me wrong, the politics of identity are deeply important, but I also think the politics of identity work toward breaking down all of these lines that we have drawn so that people can be just, can be much more readily and easily recognized for their humanity than anything else. hmm uh, so I just feel like I'm constantly feeling like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, I feel like I feel like that over and over again. And with each specific initiative that I think that I that I guess that I want to like undertake or whatever, if and when I accomplish it, accomplish it it's not going to be comparable to anything else that I've ever experienced. And like that's I feel like, you know a reason why why all of us keep doing this shit is because we like we want to feel like that right it doesn't it, it doesn't like if it felt the same over and over again we'd be depressed and we wouldn't want to do this shit and maybe some people do feel like that and they need to <laughs> analyze right. that.
0: i guess well that's a great answer i i, I it's funny <laughs> I knew with you it was gonna be. (laughs) I was gonna. We're all all gonna go. (laughs) Everybody was gonna strap in, and we were gonna go for a ride. And eventually, we would get there, and it's gonna be beautiful. That's 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 the Pierce experience. I love it. i
1: was saying this man be smoking weed, (laughs) (laughs) y'all.
0: Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much and I'm uh I'm such a am such a, a fan of yours and uh I'm glad we have this friendship and this uh and we were I'm glad we we're happy to I'm glad I'm happy we were able to have this conversation finally.
1: I I same. I, you know, like I mean I guess, you know maybe one day I'll have a podcast. <laughs> Again. I, I haven't but I haven't had a pod, a music podcast. I have one about wrestling. Maybe, but maybe I'll have Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe one day I can return the favor somehow, or we'll just have some kind of recorded conversation. I love maybe it. Maybe we'll do interview magazine together.
0: Okay. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe when you finally convince me to do mushrooms with you, we'll just record that. Oh, that, and that'll be for interview magazine. hmm <laughs> Jeremy Bull
1: breaks go. edge. Interview magazine. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, I bet you, anybody who's hearing this right now is like, wait, convince me to do much? what? What? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's been a topic of conversation our entire friendship, but, um, you know.
1: It, it has. I'm yeah. letting the world know. One day I'm going to get this man on mushrooms, y'all. And then.
0: Love it. I love it. I'm doing it. All right, I'm letting I'm letting you go. I'm letting you go. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs> thank you again, Pierce. I love you. Yeah, of course, of course, but I love you too. And that is our show. Thank you so much to Pierce for coming on, and thank you for listening. Reminder, there is a bonus episode with Pierce right now when you visit Patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon, where he answered questions that were submitted by subscribers. Hey, if you haven't also uh, subscribed to the show on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to it, I would really appreciate it. And as always, leaving a rating and review, only a positive one, please, (laughs) is very helpful. Take care of yourself and I will see you next week. Be good. Bye bye.